Before we begin today's podcast, we would like to acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the traditional custodians of our officers' land. We recognise their continuing connection to the land and pay our respects to their cultures and elders, past and present. We stand in solidarity with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples in their continuing struggles for justice. Hi everyone and welcome to Trial by Podcast where we discuss dinner party legal topics, current events and the law surrounding them. My name is Emma and I'm joined by Britt and Antonia. We are law graduates at McCabe's and in this week's episode we will be talking about a fascinating case from Canada that involved emojis and contracts. You're probably wondering how can these cute and colourful symbols have any legal significance? Well, as it turns out, they can have a lot of impact, especially in the digital age where communication is increasingly done through text messages, emails and social media platforms. In this episode, we will explore the case of Southwest Terminal Limited and Atchda Land and Cattle Limited, where a Canadian judge ruled in June this year that a thumbs up emoji is capable of carrying the same weight as a signature in order to represent agreement to the terms of a contract. We will also take a look at some of the other cases from around the world where emojis have played a role in legal disputes and discuss what this means for Australian law and practice. Absolutely. We're going to kick off today's podcast by sharing a few interesting emoji-related statistics that were released by Adobe in its Future of Creativity 2022 Global Trend Report in September last year that has done a great job at highlighting how emojis are transforming the way that the world expresses itself. Over half of global users have actively increased their emoji use over the past 12 months with 75% of users sending up to 50 emojis a day. And despite the extensive selection of emojis, we have a clear top five. Consistently holding the top place for the most used first used emoji is the laughing, also known as the tears of joy emoji, followed by the thumbs up emoji, then by the rolling on the floor laughing face, then by the red love heart, and in fifth place, the face blowing a kiss emoji. Consistent with these stats, computer scientist at Adobe, Camille Demar, said emojis have become a favourite form of creative self-expression for people everywhere, something that I think we can all confidently agree with. It's no surprise that this space has had us all feeling on edge, considering most of us wouldn't have even considered the legal consequences of using emojis in our texts, emails or other forms of digital messaging. While they are a common and popular way to express emotions and intention in digital communication, emojis can be construed in a multitude of ways. They can carry messages in and of themselves, and the interpretation of each emoji may be subjective and difficult to precisely interpret, which can create some confusion and ambiguity in some situations. In fact, among the Adobe report findings, emojis don't always mean what users think they do and are always changing. In Adobe's 2021 report, 37% admitted to sending an emoji that was misinterpreted or taken out of context, and 34% have sent an emoji they later regretted sending. In Australia, one of the most misunderstood emojis is the upside-down smiling face emoji. That's right. While commonly perceived as a humorous or affectionate innocent additions to our digital communications, emojis are now being served as evidence in a number of claims around the globe, ranging from contract breaches, criminal threats and defamation matters. In 2016, a French man was convicted of criminal threats for sending a gun emoji in a text message to his girlfriend. A year later in Queensland, an unsent text message with a smiley face emoji was found to constitute a valid will for the deceased owner of the phone. In 2017, in Israel, a judge ruled that a string of positive emojis between a couple and a landlord formed part of a contract showing intention to rent an apartment. And in 2019, a zipper face emoji was found to carry defamatory meaning. These types of cases are increasingly emerging across the globe. So this brings us to the most recent decision in this area, which was decided in Canada. 
The cliff notes of this case is that a farmer's use of a thumbs up emoji in a text message found him tied up in court proceedings for a breach of contract, costing him damages amounting to $82,200 plus interest. This is the case of Southwest Terminal Limited and Ashta Land and Cattle Limited. In March 2021, a grain buyer from Southwest Terminal sought to purchase several tonnes of flax at a price of 17 per bushel. Mr Mickleborough, on behalf of Southwest Terminal, sent a blast text message to several possible sellers indicating this intention. Following this text message, Mr Mickleborough spoke to Mr Atcher, the owner of the farming corporation Atcher Land and Cuttle Limited, and both parties verbally agreed that Atcher Land and Cuttle would supply 86 metric tonnes of flax at a price of $17 per bushel to be delivered in November 2021. After the phone call, Mr Mickleborough of Southwest Terminal applied his ink signature to the contract, took a photo of it on his mobile phone and texted it to Mr Atcher with a text message, please confirm flax contract. Mr Atcher responded by texting back a thumbs up emoji. However, Mr Atcher did not end up delivering the 87 metric tonnes of flax in November 2021 as agreed. As a result, the buyer approached the court of King's Bench to sue the farmer for breach of contract claiming that the thumbs-up emoji indicated acceptance of the contract terms. Mr Mickleborough argued that the emoji sent by Mr Ashtar conveyed acceptance of the terms of the agreement. However, Mr Ashtar disagreed, reasoning that his use of the emoji was his way of merely confirming receipt of the text message rather than acceptance of the contractual terms. So it seems that the biggest issue here was a lack of proper and clear communication. I mean, it is interesting that there was no further communication between the two parties, especially closer to the supposed delivery date, confirming that the deal was still in place. Yes, it does seem a bit naive to rely on a thumbs up emoji without any further confirmation. I don't think I would feel comfortable relying on a single emoji symbol, especially for a contract of substantial monetary value. Justice Keane therefore had to decide whether the thumbs up emoji was a valid way to convey acceptance of a contract. This required the court to consider whether there had been what's called a formal meeting of the minds, in other words, mutual agreement, and that all of the parties involved in the legal contract agree to its terms and conditions in order for the contract to be binding and therefore enforceable. When determining this, Justice Keane applied the reasonable bystander test to look at how each party's conduct would appear to a reasonable person in the position of the other party. The question is not what the parties subjectively had in mind, but rather whether their conduct was such that a reasonable person would conclude that they had intended to be bound. Therefore, it doesn't matter whether Mr Ashtar had simply intended to let Mr Mickleborough know that he had received the text. What matters is how a reasonable person would have perceived such a response. In this regard, Justice Keane considered several factors, including the nature of the business relationship between the parties, which was long-standing and consistent, the manner by which they conducted their business, which involved verbal agreements followed by written contracts prepared by Mr Mickleborough, the fact that they had previously used similar responses such as looks good, okay or yup to confirm contracts and not for mere acknowledgement of receipt of the contract, and the fact that there was no evidence of any misunderstanding or reservation on either side. So what did the court end up saying? Well, the court ultimately ruled in favour of Southwest Terminal, finding that there was in fact a meeting of the minds. Justice Keane said, I am satisfied on the balance of probabilities that Mr. Atcher okayed or approved the contract just like he had done before, except this time he used a thumbs up emoji. The court was satisfied that the use of the thumbs up emoji paralleled the prior behaviour of the parties that the parties had used to confirm the agreement. 
notably abbreviated text messages with phrases like looks good, yup, and okay. This approach had become the established way the parties conducted their business relationship. The judge noticed that considering all of these circumstances, a reasonable person would therefore interpret the thumbs up emoji as an indication of agreement and intention to be bound by the contract. So does that mean that an emoji can take the place of the signature on a contract? Doesn't that now make the legal concept of signatures redundant? Well, Justice Keane acknowledged the weight of a thumbs-up emoji as something analogous to a signature, stating, This court readily acknowledges that a thumbs-up emoji is a non-traditional means to sign a document, but nevertheless, under these circumstances, this was a valid way to convey the two purposes of a signature. One, to identify the signator, and two, to convey Ashton's acceptance of the flax contract. This confirmed that the thumbs-up emoji is an action in an electronic form that can be used to allow express acceptance as contemplated under the Canadian Electronic Information and Documents Act 2000. Okay, and how did the court come to determine what a thumbs-up emoji actually meant? As we were discussing at the beginning of the podcast, emojis can be interpreted in many different ways and are often misinterpreted. Justice Keane recognised exactly what that when he said, The meaning of an emoji is not fixed or static, it is fluid and dynamic. And funnily enough, Justice Keane actually cited the dictionary.com definition of the thumbs up emoji, which noted that the emoji was used to express assent, approval or encouragement in digital communications, especially in Western cultures. While there is no doubt dictionary.com is an unconventional source for a judge to refer to, we must appreciate that there is little consensus as to what each emoji can objectively be interpreted as. Of course, this definition was read in light of the specific circumstances of the case. The outcome of this case has definitely sparked some controversy and concern for the trajectory of the law in this space. During the hearing, the defence raised concerns that by accepting the thumbs-up emoji as a sign of agreement, it would open the floodgates to new interpretations of other emojis, such as the fist pump and the handshake emojis, to indicate agreement or create a legal obligation of some kind. While Justice Keane in his judgment dismissed these concerns, stating that while he agreed the case was novel, the court cannot, nor should it, attempt to stem the tide of technology and common use, many remain worried that this case could initiate a slippery slope for other breaches of contract claims based on similar predicaments. Yes, and not only in civil matters, but this is also a concern for criminal matters too. The standard for criminal intent, being beyond reasonable doubt, is very high. It is interesting to consider how that type of specific intent can be found via an emoji. The context and subcontext in which an emoji has been sent can be extremely difficult to replicate in court. This is particularly concerning where people may be entering the criminal justice system and possibly facing imprisonment based on individual interpretations of the meaning of certain emojis. So what does this mean for Australia? As this is a Canadian decision, it is not precedent in Australia. However, it is not uncommon for Australia to turn to other nations for legal guidance where there is limited precedent here. In fact, an Australian court is well within its rights to consider this judgment when dealing with matters that come before it with similar circumstances. A search on Ostley also reveals that the word emoji has appeared in 19 Australian cases since 2015. Therefore, there is no doubt that these issues will be raised more and more in the future, and Australia may need to turn to international case law for guidance. This judgment is a reminder that the common law of contract has and will continue to evolve to meet the ever-changing realities and challenges of the modern world. As time has progressed, we have seen the courts transition from sole acceptance of the traditional wet ink signature to electronic signatures, such as those facilitated by the rise of internet platforms such as DocuSign. Electronic signatures are now legally recognised in Australia under statute and have become the new norm. 
even for commercial relationships. It is interesting to consider whether the law will eventually modernise to a point where emojis may become the equivalent of a signature in the future, deeming the concept of personal signatures altogether redundant. This in itself could change the trajectory of contract law immensely. This is an interesting development for parties engaging in commerce via electronic means and an important reminder to all to be conscious of the fact that contracts may be legally binding with the use of an emoji in today's digital age. So what can we learn from this case and the challenges? I guess the key takeaways are that emojis are fun and expressive, but they can also be tricky and risky. They can have legal consequences and pose challenges for interpretation and communication in the digital age. As lawyers and legal professionals, we need to be aware of these issues and adapt to them accordingly. We have come up with some tips and recommendations for using emoji in legal settings. Our first tip is to be careful and clear when using emojis in response to official documents or messages. You might be agreeing to something without realising it or creating expectations that you cannot meet. It may be worthwhile to be specific and detailed to ensure your intentions are not ambiguous to avoid them being misconstrued. Our second tip is to be aware of how your emojis might appear on different platforms and devices. Often an emoji sent by an iPhone will appear slightly different on an Android, for example. Our third tip is to be mindful of how emojis might be interpreted by different audiences and cultures. An emoji that has been sent with a sarcastic undertone may not be interpreted in the manner in which it was intended. This case serves as a warning sign to be intentional and cautious of how you digitally communicate with others, particularly in a commercial context. It may be worthwhile being specific and detailed with your messages to ensure your intention is not ambiguous and be careful which particular emojis are being used. Depending on their interpretation, they may carry legal consequences. That is it for today's episode. We hope you've enjoyed learning a bit more about the evolving area of law regarding how digital communications, particularly the use of emojis, can carry legal consequences.